The primary purpose of the matter over mind experience is to educate. It doesn't constitute advice or services. Before making any changes, please consult a medical or dietary professional. Nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So, take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Matt Overmind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And I have my friend Heather Gray on the show today. Lyme, mold, and autoimmune functional practitioner. So it's a get giveaway. You know what we're going to talk about, right? Mostly Lyme disease. We're going to talk about what is Lyme disease, how it's connected to autoimmunity, and a whole lot more. And of course, your boy doesn't disappoint. I have a hack of the episode. How does food play, play a role in managing or possibly healing Lyme disease? Let me say it again. How does food possibly play a role in managing and healing Lyme disease? And with that being said, let's welcome Heather to the show. Hey, Heather, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. I can't wait for you to talk about this. Let my audience know about yourself. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I know it's a mouthful. And I'm a bioenergetic practitioner. And I got into this world after 28 years of undiagnosed Lyme disease, mold toxicity, heavy metals, parasites. At one point, I was over 100 pounds overweight and two suicide attempts. And after going the Western medicine model of a pill for every ill and they're throwing napalm at my body, which I thought they were trying to kill me. It's when I pivoted and went into the alternative world and became a a functional practitioner and then eventually healed myself. And then now that's what I do for others. You can't just blow over, almost kill yourself and expect me to not um, ask about this. I am an open book, whatever you want to dig in deeper. There's lots of stuff. Trust me. Um, Yeah. My first suicide attempt was at the age of 15. Um, It was two years after being bit by a tick. um, And that was like one of my first major symptoms that showed up that. And I was also celiac. I had undiagnosed celiac at the time. And a lot of us have know if you've got a leaky gut, you've got a leaky brain, which means there's brain inflammation. And then I also had a lot of childhood trauma. My uncle had killed himself when I was four. And so there's a history of mental health plus early childhood trauma. Cue in the autoimmune disease, perfect storm for when I get bit by a tick and contract Lyme. So, and the sad part was, is when I ended up in the psych ward for the first time as a kid, they weren't trying to figure out why this 15-year-old was trying to off herself. They just put me on antipsychotics, antidepressants, mood stabilizers, right? Told me I was attention-seeking, pat me on the head, sent me out the door. Um, you know, to only end up there again, four years later. And then geez, I probably could have gone back at least 10 times in my early twenties and thirties. Um, but 
luckily I had other people who kind of helped talk me down um, without actually needing to go into the hospital because I knew going into the hospital wasn't going to help me. All they were going to do is put me on more numbing drugs. And that's probably one of the biggest things, problems with a lot of this stuff is that we numb too much. And now we don't actually know how to feel or even what our feelings are trying to tell us. And they're actually, our emotions and our feelings are there for a reason, despite what we've been taught the majority of our lives. Um, so there's, there's a gift in all that, but I, I just knew that going to the hospital wasn't going to get me better. And so luckily I had some pretty decent people in my corner that when I was spinning out of control, cause it's pretty common. It's actually one of the most common ways that people with Lyme disease die is through suicide. One, because of the pain and the despair and then just all the inflammation that causes in the brain. There's no hope. It's um, it's dark. I've been doing this thing now for, what, two and a half years, right? And that's one of the most powerful stories I've ever had one of my guests. I mean, really, tell my audience. I mean, wow. Really? You're talking about <laughs> trying to commit suicide. I mean, the things that you must have been going through to get to that point. And something that stood out to me was having the right people in your life to help you to not get back to that point because you said something that's well many things that were powerful but something that really got to me was they didn't try to find out the root cause of what was actually happening it was okay you know just just give her these medications and pat her on the head and send her on her merry way not realizing it may come back that's just that's how we treat our emotions that's how we treat our physical body that's how we treat our brain which is why many of us end up in 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 in, in str- with struggles. I the reason why this show is called the Math Over Mind Experience is because you can't medicate your no, I'm sorry you can't meditate your problems away, right? You have to make physical changes which is going to help your body. Like I said, if you have a leaky gut, you have a leaky brain. So you have to do make physical changes to get healthier, to have more energy, to live a fuller life. You have to do those things. So thank you so much. I know it's not easy to be vulnerable and that to open up to my audience, open up to myself. So again, thank you so much. That was absolutely, that That was, I can, I don't have the words. Uh-huh. I have no problem because if one person can hear or feel themselves in my story and feel validated, feel understood and not, don't feel alone and can give them hope, then it's worth all the bullshit that I've been through. You know, actually my brother just got out of the hospital for a suicide attempt uh, four days ago. He's probably one of the worst alcoholics I've ever met in my life. And he relapsed, you know, and there's this, 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 this darkness, you know, in our, in our family line. And, you know, I have fought tooth and nail to kind of get where I'm at. And then, and then there's folks, I still haven't gotten him to change the way he eats. Right. And if I've been diagnosed celiac, my kid was diagnosed celiac. Freaking don't tell me that he doesn't also have that as well. Like he's my brother. It's in our genes, right? Like there's a, there's different things at play that I know even being an addict that he could do so much better if he laid down some of this fundam this, this foundational stuff, which is what I do with folks. And so, yeah, I mean, the mind over, you can't meditate your way. You have to do some physical things. They're all pieces to the puzzle. They all have to be addressed. And that's, I think my biggest pet peeve with like, you know, toxic spirituality, right. Of, of toxic positivity, you know, it used to piss me off, but then there's, there's some truth to it, right. You have to focus on the mindset. You've got to look at things differently with the diet, with the exercise, with the, you know, lowering your toxic burden. They're all working together and it's not one thing that are going to, that's going to get you better and stay better. It's, it's looking at the whole picture, mind, body, spirit. And then you said that, I think you said the number one reason why most people die who have Lyme disease die 
is um, suicide. He said it's number one reason or one of the top reasons. One of the top reasons. I When I was undiagnosed and didn't know what the hell was going on, even after I started some treatment, shit, at one point, I think I can remember thinking about offing myself anywhere from 10 to 30 times a day. Like wrap your brain around that. Like I'd be driving down the street and I'd look at a, a, pie, a pole and be like, it'd be really easy just to, you know, or I, like all day long, I'd look at a knife. It'd be really easy. Like so many things, because when your brain is inflamed, it's hard to think logically, right? So people used to get, so I was quite reactive behind the, 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 the wheel of a car. Like my, my freaking road rage was unreal. And people were like, oh, just count to 10 or, oh, just take deep breaths or, oh, did you, you didn't realize, you don't realize is that there was no buffer for me because my brain was so inflamed that there was no margin for, for breath. Right. Now that I've gotten better, I actually have a filter. I actually have a buffer to where I don't, I don't have to react. You can say things to me and I, can choose for the first time in my life on whether I'm going to react or not. I didn't realize that that was a choice that people had because being so inflamed and being so sick for so long, there's no choice. And so I think that was probably one of the worst things is to have a good heart and be a good person and have crappy behaviors and be punished for those crappy behaviors that you really didn't have any control over. Like that, I think was the biggest heartbreaking part of that whole part of that journey is even my ex-husband, I used to tell him, if I'm talking like a psycho bitch on the outside, can you imagine what I'm feeling on the inside? And he couldn't, he couldn't imagine, he couldn't put himself in my shoes. And instead he would just meet my fire with fire, which that didn't get anybody anywhere. You know, thank God my new husband he doesn't take me personally when I have those bad moments. And thank God I don't have them near as often as I used to, like maybe once every three or four months, like compared to multiple times a day is a night and day difference. But when I'm acting that way, he knows that's not his wife acting that way. It's his wife who's sick, who's acting that way. And he doesn't punish me for the toxic crap that comes out of my mouth sometimes. And then, and then I'm left because he's kept his side of the street clean. Right. I'm left to apologize. I'm the one who has to make the amends. And, and, and that does actually help change my behavior because I don't want to have to be that one that does that all the time. But now, like I said, I have, I have a choice and, and, and that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. So all the Karens of the world, right? Like I, it's so sad that they did that to that person's name. Like if you're a Karen, I'm so sorry, but we can all, we can all laugh at that because we all know what they're talking about. Right. And so I can't help but think that Karens are just inflamed, not very well people because healthy people don't act that way. Right. Yes, exactly. And, you know, something I was thinking about as we were talking, I was like about how, where you are now versus where you were before and how you're able to take in information and not react and not be as reactive as you were before. If we're going to be friends, that's a, that's a requirement. Okay, because I, I'm guaranteed to say some things that are going to piss you off. So just, <laughs> all my friends know that. So just accept that and move on. Right. You know, luckily, you're you're I think you're you're in um, Colorado. I'm in Florida, so you can't hit me from over there. So, I just <laughs> You know, but seriously, let's let's talk a little bit more about Lyme disease. So what exactly is it? It is a spiral shaped bacteria. It's called a spirochete and it can actually invade any tissue, any organ, any system in the body and systematically start shutting things down. 
It can shut down your immune system. That's why chronic Lyme disease is so hard to diagnose. And chronic Lyme didn't even become a recognized thing in the medical industry until like a year or two ago. Um, and that's what I had. I had it for 28 years, but um, it wasn't it wasn't recognized. So I'd go to a doctor and they'd be like, sorry, I don't recognize chronic Lyme disease and I wouldn't get treated. Um, but so, and it comes with co-infections, typically other viruses, bacteria, parasites, uh, protozoa. So it's, they call it nature's dirty needle, right? Because it'll, it'll suck on different animals and then it'll come and feed on you. And then it'll, it'll, you know, that whole concoction gets in you and, and there you have it. But it's not only just spread from ticks. It's also from mosquitoes. It can come from fleas. It can come from bed bugs. It can be sexually transmitted and it can be transmitted in utero. So that was a biggest fear of mine when I was pregnant um, because I, I didn't get diagnosed till my kid was nine. And he was showing some health issues from a very early age. I think his was mostly related to celiac. I actually don't think I passed it along to him. Um, but it, it scared the crap out of me as a mom for a long time, thinking that I had, you know, infected my kid with this disease. But yeah. To the average person listening to this who had, who hasn't been diagnosed or may not have um, Lyme disease, it sounds scary because it, it sounds like it can come from anywhere, right? It is. And, you know, I think that's where it doesn't have to be scary, right? I don't ever want this to be like ah, fear mongering. I imagine the majority of the people on your show, including yourself, we're all talking about how to lay down healthy foundations to keep us healthy. And if your immune system is working properly, we have actually coexisted with Lyme disease for thousands of years. They found it in an Italian, in the Italian Alps, they found a mummy that was preserved like 5,000 years ago and found him, he had infected with Lyme. But most people, um, so we've, we've coexisted with this, with this bacteria for a really long time, but there's things like EMFs, toxins in our water, in our air, in our food, there's high stress, there's trauma in our nervous system. There's, you know, uh, pharmaceuticals, vaccines, all the crap, right? That human beings, we've gotten so far off track of how we're supposed to live as humans, that that's why these autoimmune diseases are on the rise. It's why cancer's on the rise, diabetes is on the rise, obesity is on the rise. It's because we're not living in accordance to nature anymore. And nature is, is, is pushing back. And it's no different with Lyme disease. So I don't want this to be scary. It's more of an awareness. But if you're taking care of yourself and you're keeping a low inflammatory diet down, if you're managing your stress, if you're lowering your toxic burden in your lifestyle and in your body, like your body, you know, even now. So I had it for 28 years. There's no way to eradicate this from my body at this point in life. Now, all I do is manage symptoms and I keep myself healthy. I haven't had a relapse in over two years because I've kept myself. And that was even after getting sick with COVID. That was after uh, one sinus infection, you know. So I still get sick, um, but I don't worry about the Lyme anymore because I know my body can handle it. When you start worrying about it as if, you know, you're up drinking late and your stress is high and you're eating crappy food, then yeah, I mean, it's going to be like any other boogeyman out there, right? Whether it's COVID or if it's Lyme or if it's whatever the next thing that comes down the pike is, right? But if you're taking care of yourself properly from the get-go, your body can keep it in check for the most part. 
So I never told you this, but I'm Superman. So I don't get scared. I'm not scared of anything. Right? <laughs> Unless you have kryptonite somewhere. Maybe Lyme disease is my kryptonite. Who knows? But I actually got uh, diagnosed with COVID. Um, caught COVID. I was in December of last year. And I realized that I'm actually not Superman. So it kind of <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't have to sound scary because we can only control what we can control. And a big thing that you said, too, is that, you know, we're human beings. We're animals. Animals are supposed to connect with nature. I talk about me living in Florida and there are people in Florida who don't like to go outside. You know what? Well, you need vitamin D from the sun. Um, you need to connect with other animals. You know, you, you need to sometimes. But if you don't go out grounding, that's what we call it. In Jamaica, I used to run around barefoot. I grew up in Jamaica. It's not because I couldn't afford shoes, but because, you know, as kids, we used to play barefoot all the time and run around in the grass and stuff. Right. But, you know, and, and now we call it what? earthing or we call it grounding or whatever but we did that naturally as kids so you know animals need to communicate with nature and we have to realize that and if you're trying to improve your health that's one of the biggest things that you need you really need to add to your routine you know and then of course we talk about meditation and we're gonna get into some stuff with food and all that stuff as we get later on into the episode but i have a question for you and you brought this up many times we talk about autoimmune disease because when you have one autoimmune disease, you're more likely to have another, right? So we know that. But make the actual connection between Lyme disease and autoimmune disease. So autoimmune is, you know, uh, so like, yeah, I had three autoimmune diseases on top of Lyme. I had Hashimoto's, endometriosis, and celiac. Um, I have since reversed two out of the three. Um, celiac, I'm not so sure you can reverse, or if you can, I just haven't figured that way out yet, but I'm always looking, but you know, but actually it's kind of a blessing in disguise because wheat is so freaking toxic and just covered in glyphosate and mold and processed. And it's, yeah, it's kind of one of those like blessing in disguises, I think. So I'm not ever wanting to go back to eating wheat or grains, um, so that's, oh, so the, the connection autoimmune and Lyme. So Lyme, so it, it's kind of like what, what came first, right? The chicken or the egg. A lot of times Lyme disease can set your immune system into that chaotic haywire to turn things upside down and then set you up to have autoimmune disease. A lot of times um, folks with autoimmune are more than susceptible to getting Lyme disease because they've already got this dysregulation in their immune system already. So it is kind of this, you know, is it the chicken or the egg type of thing? I know for me, like I said, I was, I'm pretty sure I had issues with celiac at a very early age. And I think the death of my uncle triggered those genes on because about after that point is when I was really starting to have problems with my gut and constipation. I usually start off telling people I was basically born full of shit because I remember sitting on the potty for so long that my feet would fall asleep, you know, and at the time, doctors and my mom weren't trying to figure out why this four-year-old was so constipated. They were just throwing thick, nasty oils and stool softeners down my throat. But, you know, so for me, I think it was, for me, it was celiac. It was a genetic component. And then the standard American diet, right. And then the early childhood trauma. And then, like I said, by the time I did get bit by a tick, it was just, I was like this perfect storm, you know, to be the perfect host for, for all these other little critters that I then picked up after that. So, so yeah, there is a huge connection, but I'm, I'm, I often wonder, you know, like I said, which came first, the chicken or the egg. Right. That's, and, and that's, 
That's really a good question. Cause I don't think anybody really knows the answer either, which really came first. But, you know, I guess one day we'll, we'll get smart enough to actually figure it out. But anyway, that being said, we're right in the middle of the episode. And so we have a couple more things that we need to touch on, right? So we're going to talk about, of course, the hack of the episode. And also, what is the most accurate testing for Lyme disease? So those are the next two things we're going to touch on. But before we do that, I want to tell everybody about one of my favorite products. It's Perform. See, the AminoCo, where everybody know I love this company, their products are 100% science-backed, built on amino acid technology first funded by NASA and further refined through rigorous research and independent clinical trials. So PERFORM is an essential amino acid-based formulation designed to improve muscle performance during exercise, enhance mental clarity and concentration, reduce fatigue and dehydration, and minimize recovery times. Now, why I really love this product is PERFORM, of course, I said essential amino acid. It also has um, creatine. And with the blend of essential aminos and creatine, which gives you these benefits, you only it only has about 60 milligrams of caffeine per serving. I usually double up and go 120. And so I use it more like a pre-workout versus most pre-workouts that have about 200 and 300 milligrams of caffeine and a whole bunch of sugar, which is definitely not good for your gut. And it's one of the things that we're talking about right now, right? Another thing I love about um, the Amino Cohen Perform is that they have all natural flavors, which is really my favorite because they're, they're natural and they're in this cleaner energy for your body. And you know, your boy works out about six to seven days a week. So I use perform pretty much daily in my training. So check it out if you're not familiar with it and let them know that, you know, your boy Zico sent you, right? But this is another thing about perform that I love because I love to talk about science because in their trials, there was a 20, 20% increase in exercise completed. 22% increase in endurance, 11% increase in peak performance during exercise, 10% improvement in cognitive function during exercise. And again, that's without loading you up with 300 milligrams of caffeine and all these sugars and stuff like that, right? So imagine the benefits you're getting from the essential aminos along with the uh, creatine and in the right blend of caffeine. So just think about what you're getting there. And so the website is uh, aminoco.com slash Zico Health. In fact, if you go to the website, there's a picture of your hands-on boy right here looking at you. And you get 30% off all the amino-based products perform along with Heal, which I'm drinking right now, which I usually drink as an intro workout or sometimes post-workout. But I like to make it easy. So I'll make sure that the, um, the website is in the description of the episode. And with that being said, let's get back to the show. So... Let's talk about testing. What is the most accurate testing for Lyme disease? So they're working on trying to find something that's more accurate um, because, like I said, it likes to shut down your immune system. And, and there's three different forms that Lyme disease can live in. There can be the round body form where it's like a cyst form where it actually like hides in your own and with your own immune system. It'll take mucus of yourself and kind of like hide um, or it's the spirochete um, part, but so because it can change shape and because it can shut down your immune system, it can be really hard to to get accurate um, testing. But I like Igenics testing, or I personally use Vibrant Labs. Vibrant Labs, tick-borne, they've got a 1.0 and a 2.0. So the 2.0 is also looking for co-infections, um, the other little critters that like to come along with it. So 
um, because it is going to change the way and, and what kind of, you know, supplements and herbs that you might take to treat if you've also got the co-infections that go along with it. You know, I had um, Bartonella, which is pretty uh, common for folks, especially with Lyme rage is what they call it, right? Um, so not only was my brain inflamed, but I actually had this this critter that was like known to cause rage type symptoms. So it's so no wonder that my Lyme rage was so bad. My road rage, I meant, was so bad. And that there was no buffer there, but like I said, I really like hygienics and, and vibrant wellness. Now that's, this has me thinking because if yeah, you just talked about testing and what are some of the more accurate testing for Lyme disease, right? But then at what point should someone think about getting tested for Lyme disease? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, a lot of times I use a cell course intake form and then Dr. Horowitz has an intake form that are both beautiful about helping me tease out on whether it's Lyme or co-infections or mold or heavy metals or parasites or SIBO, like ridiculously accurate, you know, so folks, if they've had been sick for a long time and they just have to have an answer, they just, they want to see it. Then, you know, I'll go the testing route, but for the most part, I go by symptoms, I go by medical history, and I go by these intake forms. And I'm I'm not running a whole lot of labs, to be quite honest with you. I'm 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 working with people without the labs because these intake forms have just been so spot on. Okay. So what I'm hearing then is if, if someone's been sick for we like basically, I guess we'll call it the mystery sickness, you don't really know what it is, it wouldn't hurt to get tested for Lyme. And in your case, you may not have to run labs. You just you really look at their entire scenario to figure out what it may, if, if it may be Lyme or something else, right? Correct. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. And with that being said, we're up to the hack of the episode, everyone. We're going to talk about food. You know, you know, your boy loves to eat. So let's talk about how we can use food to manage or possibly heal Lyme disease. Absolutely. It was so sad because like I'm a huge Cellcore fan as far as my protocols go. There's a couple different companies that I work with, but Cellcore is the main. And I, somebody had gone through the full nine month protocol and they're like, I still feel like crap. And I was like, what do you eat? And she's like, oh, you know, normal stuff, pizza, pasta, blah, 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 blah. And I thought my head was going to explode because I'm like, what practitioner put you on this protocol and didn't talk to you about your diet? Like, oh, yeah pissed me off. It always pisses me off when people, when practitioners aren't talking to their folks about what they're eating, because that is the ultimate biohack. If you are, you can't work your way out of a bad diet. You can't supplement your way out of a bad diet. Like do not pass go, do not collect $200. You need to get the diet dialed in. And, and it's a low, you know, anti-inflammatory type diet. I usually do um, food sensitivity testing minus, you know, grains, dairy, and corn, and dairy for some folks, depending on their genetics and depending on if it's raw dairy or not. I don't think anybody should really be eating the conventional dairy. It's um, there's that's a whole nother story on on what happened there and why so many people are lactose intolerant. But raw dairy, if you've got the genetics to to deal with it, I do not. Um, most celiacs don't. You know that's why gluten free, dairy free kind of go hand in hand. Um, it's because it cross reacts a lot. So even when I eat dairy, my, my body thinks that it's wheat and it'll act like I had wheat, even though I didn't have wheat. And then a lot of times then it'll turn around into an autoimmune disease and start attacking your thyroid because your thyroid tissue looks a lot like wheat tissue. So it's, it's crazy, but, um, yeah, so definitely no corn, no grains, you know, 
lower your alcohol, get rid of sugar, get rid of processed foods, you know, get back to a whole base diet. I've been playing a lot around with carnivore lately and I never in a million years did I think that I would like ever try this diet. And then one of the founders of Cellcore actually put on a really convincing webinar on the, some of the health benefits of, of carnivore, you know, and they're like, if you think about it, plants are trying to kill us, you know, animals, their way of defense is to run away. A plant can't run away. So it, it produces its own pesticides, right. In the form of histamines, lectins, and oxalates. And, and really the only part of a plant that it wants us to eat, if you think about it, is the fruit, right. It's its seed dispersal system. It says here, don't touch me, but you can have this. And so I've cut back quite a bit amount of veggies that I've been eating lately and been more carnivore. And I haven't noticed a whole lot of weight loss, but man, my energy level, my brain, my pain level has gone way down. Like it's just a a really great anti-inflammatory type diet. You just touched on one of my favorite topics. I've um is uh the carnivore diet, um the coupled with you can't really talk about a carnivore diet without the keto diet. And oh, I really want to talk about this for a moment because we really get we get it wrong in society. Unless you're an expert who've been doing it long enough, we really get it wrong because we get on the keto or the carnivore diet with the hope of just losing weight, right? And like you said, you haven't necessarily experienced a lot of weight loss. But that's the wrong reason to do it. Right. A few things I want people to understand, and you've nailed it on the head already about the lectins and the histamine and so on and so forth. So a few things I want to add to that. One, whenever you go on any kind of diet that restricts a lot of some, some other type of foods, it has to be temporary. It has to be temporary. Vegan is the same way. I don't 100% have a problem with someone who's vegan. If you're doing it because you don't want animals to die, then so on and so forth. <clears throat> Sorry about that, everyone, for that little pause. But if you're doing it because, you know, you don't want animals to die for, you know, animal rights reasons, I understand. But if you're doing it from a health standpoint, even a vegan diet should be a temporary diet because there's so much that's missing from that. Now, let's get into the carnivore and let's get into keto a little bit. The, the keto and carnivore diet can be very helpful to heal your gut. For one, you, especially if you're eating organic, clean meats. Okay. Let's talk about keto uncoupling, for example, like when we talk about when, when your body starts to run on keto, there's an uncoupling that happens. And guys like Ben Azadi, Ben, um, and, um, Dr. Stephen Gundry, he even has a book on it and talk about it a lot. Keto has many healing benefits for your body. So if you're not familiar with keto uncoupling, that's one thing to look at. Also the, the, the lack of lectins and histamines and stuff like that, especially if you're eating good, clean meats is beneficial. Protein. Most people are protein deficient. It is crazy to me that people live in the United States and are protein deficient. It is so easy to get enough protein in America, but most people are protein deficient and they end up lacking the proper enzymes to break down protein very well. So when they start to eat protein, they start to feel kind of bloated and sick. Well, we need protein. Just like I talk about heal and perform where they're essential aminos. Where did that come from? Protein. So even in a high protein diet, I eat at least 200 um, grams of protein a day. Plus I supplement because of how much I train, not saying everybody should necessarily eat that much, but there are a lot of people eat 40, 50 grams of protein. So then the protein that you need to get from your food, you get that if you were to stick to a keto or a carnivore diet. 
I generally say that most people should eat one gram of protein per pound of gold body weight, not per grip, not per pound of lean body weight, but gold. So if your goal is to be 150 pounds and you need at least, at least 150 gram, grams of protein, if your goal is 170, you need to eat about 170 grams of protein. But some people have to build up to that because you haven't been eating enough protein over time. And I have an entire article on the uh, carnivore diet, so I'm not going to get way too much further into that. But the big things I want people to understand is you have to think of it as something temporary that can be beneficial for your health and something that you can rotate to heal, just like you detoxing is not something you do every day. But if you you can you spend a period of time and you detox, even though the keto or the carnivore diet may be a little bit longer than that, right? So keep that mentality and understand that the um, the benefits that from your body running on keto and keto uncoupling can really have for your health. I don't necessarily think that eating a salad with a little bit of meat is the healthiest thing in the world, unless you're doing that for a specific time in your life for a specific goal, because that may be temporary and you want to increase your veggies for a while, which that is within itself. So I really, that's just like a stick in my craw when it comes to those diets. And if you're ever thinking about going on keto, going on carnivore, please, please, please please speak to a nutritionist or a dietitian who can really help you and guide you. Because there's some people who I don't think should jump into a diet like that Especially, you know, we're talking about people like, for example, who may have fatty liver disease and stuff like that. Eating a lot more fat may not be the best thing for you. So you really want to speak to someone who is an expert, who is licensed and can help you with it. But there can be many benefits for you. So thanks so much for listening to my little rant there. But I just want to kind of get that over to my audience. And with that being said, Heather, tell my audience, how can how can they learn more about your work? Yeah, absolutely. So they can find me on the limeboss.com. That's L-Y-M-E boss.com. I have a free cooking video series. It's called Real Cooking for Real Life. It's more on the paleo side, um, but it's teaching you how to make delicious, healthy, well-rounded meals in 20 minutes or less. So taking the argument out of, well, I don't know how to cook, you know, um, it doesn't actually take a lot. I think a lot of people just don't realize because they've not been in the kitchen, they don't realize how easy it can be, you know? So I'm trying to take some of that stigma that you have to be slaving over the the stove for hours. Like I'm like 20 minutes, I use two different um, techniques in the, in the kitchen and here's this beautiful meal, you know? So hopefully it'll inspire people to start cooking because really, you know, eating out with all the inflammatory seed oils and getting cross-contamination and not, you know, toxins in your food, Really, health starts at home, and it starts with cooking real whole food. And tell my audience about your podcast. Uh, yeah, so I've got my own podcast. It's called the Lion Boss Podcast. Really easy uh, marketing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you can find that on YouTube and Anchor. Um, I have some really amazing guests just talking about all different aspects of alternative health and mindset and, you know, nutrition and everything that everybody needs to know, not just folks with Lyme disease, like folks who really just want to get healthy and stay healthy. It's a great resource. And you just nailed some stuff to the end that I didn't even bring up. But before you even think about maybe going keto or carnivore or changing your diet or something, may want to just start with the elimination process, right? So getting seed oils out of your diet, going organic, getting stuff that damages your gut out of your diet. Like there's really so much that we need to clean up 
before we start to think about even changing our diet, we need to start thinking about taking some stuff out of her diet as much as we possibly can. Taking artificial flavors out of your diet. Like, you know, there's so much that can be helpful for you before you even go to an extreme route. Because again, using a diet like carnivore, keto, or vegan to heal yourself is best being is best is best under an expert like my man Ben Azadi. You know, Ben Ben and I have been knowing each other for a while now, or maybe even Heather or or a nutritionist or a dietitian and so on and so forth, who can help you to get along those routes. So thank you so much, Heather, for being here. That was fantastic information. I apologize for my rant, but I just want to make sure my audience is clear on certain topics that can really help them. And we're out for the day, fam. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.